Big news, bookworms. November is National Novel Writing Month, and Serendipity Literary Agency is hosting a young adult novel discovery contest. Do you have a YA novel but no idea how to pitch it? No problem. For the entire month of November, aspiring YA writers can submit the first 250 words of their young adult novel for a chance to win a full manuscript critique by one of New York's top literary agents. With Serendipity's Young Adult Novel Discovery Contest, you can get your writing seen by editors at top publishing houses like Simon & Schuster, HarperCollins, Penguin Random House, and more. Contest finalists have gone on to get a top-tier agent and an amazing publishing deal, so why not join them? Learn how to enter by visiting serendipitylit.com slash contest today. Entries will be accepted between November 1st and November 30th, so visit serendipitylit.com slash contest to get started. That's serendipitylit.com slash contest. Bye, bookworms. And go get writing! Talk YA now presents Wildcard Part 1 of the Warcross series by Marie Lou. Welcome back to M&K Talk YA. I'm Marissa Snyder. And I'm Katie Bradford. And this is our Young Adult Fiction Podcast. And this week we are starting Wildcard, which is the second book in the Warcross duology by Marie Lu. And we read up to chapter 18. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yes. I know I kept getting confused <laughs> about what chapter I was supposed to read to you. Up until two days before the finale thing, whatever it's called. The, <laughs> the big the big shindig the big showdown <laughs> okay so we learned a few things in this first half of this book didn't we did we learn things or did we just get more questions i'm not entirely sure <laughs> well yeah so because at the end of the last book we found out that hideo and zero are actually brothers right. or that zero is hideo's brother who went missing suzuki yes okay do we call but does he go by suzuki or does he go by zero it seems like he goes by zero okay so i'm more likely to remember we'll call that him zero. i'm gonna okay. keep calling him zero <laughs> got that okay out. so so we know zero's the brother and that he is the one who was working against hideo but we found out that hideo isn't as good as we thought he was right but i actually feel like we don't have that much more information except to, that we now know that it's like not just two brothers in a tiff like it's like a much bigger deal but I feel like I just have more questions than answers right now yeah well I want to know more about this Dr. Dana Taylor woman because now there's like a bio a bio institute that kind of reminded me of biotech from the Illuminate yeah. files but it's it's a biotech company and, and it's the Japanese Innovation Institute of Technology. And it's Hideo's mother who is working there, who was working there. And it seems like Dr. Taylor is now the head of the operation where we thought Zero was, but I guess Zero is working for her. So who is Dr. Taylor and was she holding Zero captive? 
Almost definitely. She definitely (laughs) was holding him captive. But my question is, to what extent was his mom involved? Yeah. Like, I'm kind of curious if the mom let him go with her for, like, I don't know, some bio experiment or something. And, or maybe even, because you know how memories can be kind of messed up? Like, maybe even someone just came to the house and picked him up and like Hideo just was too or I don't I mean I don't know maybe the mom well, like let him, him out go of the forest. well that's how Hideo remembers it that's true I guess but does that mean that's how it happened I or feel like someone staged his kidnapping for sure yeah because the other way I was thinking was like the mom wouldn't let Taylor take the kid for some experiment I'm guessing it's some experiment right like because this oh, is like a science place and so she stole him and so she stole him. But then if that happened, you would think the mom would, like, suspect Would know her. where to go. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So I don't know. I think his mom was in on it somehow because it fits with her how she's kind of lost her mind a little bit. Like, she's become very forgetful. And it's almost like some kind of trauma happened, which, I mean, I guess could just be her son being kidnapped. But she's definitely in on it somehow. I just We just don't know how. Yeah. Or why. Or maybe she's part of the experiment, too. Maybe they were both. Maybe they were, like, doing some kind of experiment on how people handle their kids being taken from them. Which is a terrible thing to do to a colleague. (laughs) Maybe that's not what's going on. (laughs) Worst coworker ever. But I'm I'm very curious what they were trying to figure out or, like, what's so special about Zero as a child that would make him... I mean, I'm get like I could be completely wrong, but it seems like some kind of experiment, right? A hundred percent. They do. They have a giant brain in the <laughs> it's lobby 100% or whatever. hundred percent an experiment. And I'm curious if the current experiment is related to what they were doing when we saw them at this place. So we saw like a physical version of Zero's like armor mm-hmm. that Zero was controlling with his mind, right? right? Like those. Gadgets you were talking about last episode in your research. Yeah, but like way more legit. Yeah, <laughs> way more advanced. So I wonder if it was all, if that's all stemmed from whatever happened to him as a kid or if she stole him to some other experiment, they became besties and now he willingly works for her. Well, and she, this Dr. Taylor leads the whole black coats, which are like vigilantes now. Um, are they though? Or... Is that just how they seem? And really, she has some ulterior motive that... She must, because they... Jax, who is the girl that rescues Emika from the assassination, she tells Emika that the Black Coats are kind of like vigilantes, and they believe it's not right for one person to have too much power, and they fight to stop them. And so right now, their target is Hideo, but it sure seems like Dr. Taylor has a lot of power, so I don't know how true well, that statement is. And we saw that Jax is afraid of her. Right. So I'm curious if she, maybe she was also kidnapped. Maybe they're kid. all kidnapped children. Yeah. Yeah, and now they're all roped into working for Dr. Taylor. That'd be terrifying. Because there's a couple of them, be. right? There's Jax, and then there's, isn't there another the only three that we've, like, officially met are Taylor, Zero, and, and Jax. Jax. Okay. Since she's, like, officially, quote-unquote, joined this the Black group. The Blackouts, yeah. But, I mean, we knew we know that when Zero went to the dark web, that when she was, like, didn't know who he was back in book one, um, he was, like, making all those bets, and he had a bigger network. So there are more people. I just don't think we know who any of them are yet. Right. Except they were probably all kidnapped children of her colleagues. This is a very good theory. I'm liking this. But I still don't really know why she kidnapped them or why 
like what version of Stockholm syndrome they have that they're mm-hmm. now working with her. Or maybe or... she has some kind of blackmail against them, like some kind of collateral to prevent them from not working with her, like to prevent them from betraying her. Or maybe it's like their memories have also been messed up. Because you know how like when he talks about his brother, he doesn't really seem to have any kind of like emotional connection to him. Oh, yeah. When Zero talks about Hideo, maybe like she did something she to his brain. and like. brain. Cause yeah, cause he there's no secret that he's Hideo's brother. Like he like Zero knows it, Hideo knows it now. Yeah, it's not like he forgot about his brother. He just doesn't care. It seems. Yeah, which is strange. Or maybe it's like hidden. Really, I'm. I don't know. Yeah, I there's a basically we have a lot of questions. Maybe she stole all his memories. Do you think Jax is gonna give her some answers in the next chapter? Yes. Okay. Hundred percent. And then I think she's gonna work with Jax. To take down Dr. Taylor. Because Jax seems like she wants the Black Coats to be a good group. Because she was like, remember when Emika was telling her, like, I don't believe you're just doing this for the greater good. I believe you have an ulterior motive. And Jax reminded her of when Emika stood up for the girl in high school who was kind of just an acquaintance. Wasn't even She wasn't even really a good friend. And yeah. she was like, yeah, we fight for what's right, not because we get anything from it. So I want to believe that Jax is good, at least. And maybe all the black yeah, coats. I mean, I want to believe she's good, but I'm having a hard time with her, like, shooting people That's all true. the time. That's very true. <laughs> Although it seems like maybe she didn't kill, what's his name on purpose? Oh, oh, Like, she intentionally Tremaine? didn't kill him. Yeah. Tremaine. Yeah, she, gave, she shot him, but not a kill shot. So hopefully he'll survive. I sure hope we'll so. See. I mean, he's in the hospital right now. We think. And we learn, um, oh, we... We learn all about the um, the history between Tremaine and Roshan, finally. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Oh, yeah. That was interesting. Yeah, I totally agree. And I felt really bad for Tremaine that he was ashamed of himself and felt like he wasn't good enough for Roshan. But I'm also mad at all these secrets, although I did like, I do feel like Emika now, she said something about keeping secrets and how there was no good in it and like is an open book with her friends now, which is, makes me really happy. Yeah, because she's completely open now about um, the goal right now is to like plant that virus in Hideo's mind, right? To take down the neural Yeah, link. and she's not keeping she's not telling them like half the story. She's telling them the whole thing. everything, yeah. and she's even telling Hideo the truth about his brother. And I feel like she's kind of one of the few people in these books we've read who's been like, "Yeah, secrets get us in trouble. Let's just let's just be open. Put it out there." Yeah. <laughs> um. I also really liked, we got to go back to the dark web, the dark world in this book, because I said I was really excited to see that with like the assassination lotteries and all that. Which she's now on. Yeah, and she was like the top number one. Um, And I really liked the duels that she and Zero did. How there's like dark web Warcross games where it's just like one-on-one players. Um, I really liked that. Because I was worried we wouldn't get a tournament in this in this first half because I was I love the Warcross uh, matches and so I was glad that we got a duel at least and they're riding dragons which is so cool yes seeing the different worlds I love that yeah and that it's a little bit more like what's going to happen because there are fewer rules although they jumped around to their different memories and stuff I think it was kind of cool though how what they were experiencing when they were like in each other's memories like she was running Mm -hmm. from the orphanage but then if you watch the video Everyone else saw her running in that landscape. Yes. You know? 
and like when they were in the like it was just cool that it translated it wasn't just like they were standing there and like Mm -hmm. somewhere I don't know it like took them into each other's memories yeah so you think that's what she's gonna try and do to Hideo like get inside his mind like that um I mean I don't think she's decided 100 because it seems like that's the only way to break the neural link though right like you have to you have to get into their mind but I think she still kind of hopes that she can convince him to do it himself because it's like kind of a bigger act of betrayal to go into someone's mind and <laughs> and just delete something. You know? Yeah, I think she, I think she's still kind of hopeful that he has enough doubt, or like if he knows about his brother, he'll call it off without being forced to. Although we found out it's even worse than we thought. Not only are bad people not doing bad things, but well, I guess we don't know for sure, but potentially, oh, yeah. it's causing innocent people to commit suicide for whatever reason. I finally wrote down the name of Hideo's right-hand man. Oh, you did? It's Ken. <laughs> oh, Ken. yeah. I forgot. <laughs> finally. We can stop calling him Asian X. But I told you he was a bad guy, right? I told yes. you. Yes. <laughs> and he was, because Mari was the, other, was the one who was like, we need to look into this if innocent people are killing themselves. And he was like, oh, whatever. Like, he totally downplayed it. But again, I, now it makes me more curious to know why he's so... Gung-ho. Like, we kind of know Hideo's looking for... He kept the algorithm running because he's still looking for news of his brother. But I kind of wonder what Ken is hoping to get out of it. If it's just, like... We find out that there are all these governments that are trying to, you know, convince them to do stuff. Like, if it's purely like a financial thing for him or some kind of power trip for him or if he really also like has some belief that maybe it's a little misguided but that's a good question that it's a moral because i guess hideo's goal is to kill his brother's kidnappers like that's what he wants to use the algorithm to do so it's 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 interesting because it's not just before before he kind of made it seem like he wanted to prevent another child from being taken but really he's out for revenge like this is a revenge story I don't even know if he's out for revenge or if he's out to get answers. Like, I think he's looking for the kidnappers so we can find out what happened. Not necess- not just to make them pay. Okay. He's o- I think he's okay with making them pay, but I think he still has so many questions about what happened. It would be one... Like, he's not out to get the- his brother's murderer, right? He's. I think he's really trying to find out what the hell happened. My brother vanished without a trace. Like, Yeah. Why was he kidnapped? On? Yeah. I thought it was really cool that other political leaders are arriving from around the world to, like, negotiate. Because that was one of my questions. Like, if all, if, if all these people have these contact lenses now, like, how are their own governments trying to handle it? And how are they not just, like, arresting Hideo? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Well, I guess they're all kind of hoping to benefit from it, right? Yeah, I think so. Because they all want, like, special treatment and they want to negotiate deals with him. But I think it's about, it, like, the terms yeah. of it. I don't know. But again, it goes back to like, is how morality can't be like regional, right? So it no. just like you can't have an absolute morality. But certain rule. countries have certain rules of what's. That's considered. what I mean. So like, it's just weird. Like, is it like do you follow the law of the land, which is created by humans who have their own motivations for doing things a certain way, or do you follow some like, like there is no yeah. there is no right morality. <laughs> I, I know. Like, there, I mean, to some extent, we know certain things are wrong or whatever, but, like, there's also... We go back to that, you know, train question, too. Like, how far do you go to prevent something bad from happening? Although, I actually had a question. Okay. So, during the... They had, like, a rematch. Mm-hmm. And 
everyone like went out and was supporting their there was like a lot of arguing between rival fans Mm -hmm. and there was something else that happened during that scene like when she was heading towards the stadium or whatever that I was like the lenses will let them do like I'm kind of curious where the line is drawn like how threatening can you be before the algorithm is like shuts you down well they still have the beta lenses though well, the players do, but not the not everyone fans. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that's true. That's true. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know, like, how far do they let you go? And like, are you, if you're in one country and you break a law in that country, does it shut you down? But if you do the same thing in a different country that doesn't have that law, are you fine? Yeah. It's so weird. And how does it know what everything else you've done? Like, why are people confessing to crimes now? Yeah, that's what's super weird. I don't, I don't get that. That was really interesting. That's what I looked into. I looked in, my research this week was about how to confess to a crime and stories of people who turn themselves in. Ooh, ooh, I want to hear that. So, um, probably the craziest story I get, or like most interesting story that kind of fits along with what's happening here is this, it's called the Texas Passion Case. So, do you remember that movie, The Passion of the... The one about Jesus? Yeah, was it just called The Passion? The Passion of the Christ. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I remember that movie. That came out in like 2004. Mm -hmm. Okay, so before we get into that, there (laughs) was this tragic accident that happened. This girl, Renee Coulter, or this woman, found her daughter, Ashley Wilson, dead in her apartment. Her daughter was 19 years old. She had a pillowcase over her head and um, like her high school graduation cord was wrapped around her neck and it looked like she had hung herself. Oh my God. So... Um, you know, they, the police went down and they investigated the death and it seemed like a pretty straightforward suicide because there was a letter Mm -hmm. that talked about, it didn't say she was going to kill herself, but it did talk about how depressed she was and that she was pregnant and the person she was pregnant by wasn't going to help raise the child. So it kind of indicated that she, you know, might be in a position where she couldn't go on. And also what, like the apartment was locked from the inside and just like a couple other things where they basically were like, okay, yeah, this is pretty cut and dry. This is a suicide case. And then there was this other guy. His name was Dan Leach and he had been in a relationship with Ashley previously. So they had been together um, before she died. At some point they had broken up and a lot of people think that when he left her, that's, you know, what motivated her depression and potentially her suicide. But um, but he killed her. He was actually her murderer. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. about six weeks after she died, The Passion of the Christ came out. And, you know, everyone, you know, there's all this talk about the film. So this guy went to the theater with some of his friends and saw the movie. And then he, like, was moved by the movie oh and the... And the thought of divine judgment. The guy, the thief <laughs> next to Jesus who was like... Do you forget, you know, whatever, confessed to Jesus that he was a bad guy and felt bad or whatever. So he came in. He was, like, super cooperative with the police. He gave, like, explicit details that they couldn't, that, like, weren't public knowledge beforehand about everything. And, like, he could have only known if he had been there because it wasn't, you know, out in the world. And, like, the authorities were stunned because they had already closed the case. Yeah. Like, it wasn't a murder case, et cetera. So... (laughs) I thought that was just kind of a crazy story. That's that's insane. Don't tell Mel Gibson. My God, he would love that. (laughs) Yeah, and he said, I mean, yeah, he said, 
It was a very intense experience seeing the movie and they the visual stimuli really helped to focus and moved him and he just felt very emotional and thought about everything he had done in his life and he was upset that he hadn't repented so he decided that Whoa. he couldn't just repent to God he had to like make up for do penance yeah. for the so isn't that kind of crazy? Well, go- I mean, I'm glad he confessed because he should definitely be behind bars. Well, yeah. No, I mean, it's, but it's just interesting. <laughs> it's kind of like sort of, it's almost the same thing as just this Neuralink that's like, actually, now this is bad. Let yeah. me think about what I've done or something. But yeah, let me turn myself in because I saw a movie. Yeah. Wow. So that was kind of, yeah. a lot of the other cases were, I read a lot about serial killers who turn themselves into law enforcement. Oh, yeah. Um, well, isn't it like serial killers like secretly want to be caught because they like the attention? So I actually read about that, too. So that's not true. I read the Psychology okay. Today article <laughs> about do criminals want to get caught? And it's largely based off of like a Freudian theory about how delinquency is really the need to be punished for unresolved guilt Ooh. from when you were a child or something like, you know, Freud and his stuff. So, but basically it's based off research of people with psychological things going on, not criminal things going on. So this article is actually talking about for the most part, criminals will like plan every move in a premeditated crime to the point where they like are convinced they're going to get away with it. So they know there's a risk of getting caught or convicted or like all this other stuff. So they go through all these steps and they end up with like what they call a super optimism in which they think there's like no Ooh, risk to themselves. Like, they think they've figured everything out. They're like untouchable. Yeah. And then the Ooh. more the I more they that. get away with it, it like that experience supports their certainty. It. And then they think their likelihood of getting arrested is even lower. And because they think they're just so much smarter than everyone else. Yeah. Right? So they say that this super optimism is what like gets criminals caught more than anything so even they'll even um even if it looks like crazy or stupid and like they were trying to get caught usually it's because they've gotten away with so many other things or or something like that and even if they acknowledge what they did was stupid they rarely will acknowledge that they were stupid if that makes sense so they don't they don't want to get caught based on this research (laughs) well that's like the um the east area rapist who was um identified recently they had a town meeting at one point to discuss the break-ins and the murders that were happening. And he, like, they, the, the town just called a meeting. They were like, we need to talk about it. This is a problem. And he showed up at the meeting. Like, he came to the town meeting and, like, discussed it with everyone because that's how, or how confident he was that he wasn't going to get caught. Yeah, it's crazy. But so I was reading about some of these serial killers who turned themselves in. And I think serial killers... Uh, maybe are more likely to have some kind of like a sociopathicness, which might lead them to want to get caught or want mm-hmm. recognition for what they've done or whatever, whatever. But um, a lot of these people turn themselves in because they were almost caught or, you know, the police were already onto them and it was like a way to make the punishment not quite as bad oh, by turning okay. themselves in first. So a lot of them weren't like, I feel guilty and I'm going to go turn myself it was in. It's just like, I'm at the end of the road here. Yeah, But some people, um, so this guy Wayne Adam Ford he claimed he was urged by his brother and God to turn himself in and he went to the sheriff's office and confessed to sexually assaulting and murdering four different women that he picked up as hitchhikers and killed when he was a truck driver oh, um, no. 
And Oof. I guess he thought that they weren't going to believe him. And I don't think they did at first, actually. So he brought a body part with him no. to prove it. <gasps> oh, that's so gross. And that's just like he has no and idea then, that that's so wrong. Like he has no empathy. Well, and it's it's actually interesting how many people on this list did something similar. So November 1999, Javed Iqbal, who was a 38-year-old businessman in Pakistan, went to the police station and confessed to murdering 100 children. Oh, my gosh. A hundred? Yeah. And <gasps> he pleaded not guilty to the charges after he had already confessed um, because he said he said it was revenge against the police because they ignored earlier complaints he had filed when he was badly beaten by two young men. So I guess he had some experience oh, where he was beaten up God. and the police didn't help him as much as he thought. So it's the police's fault. And then he decided to go and kill a hundred children between the ages of six and 16. And he, um, I guess, so he went to the police originally and they thought he was making it up. So they like dismissed him. And so then he went and wrote a letter to the newspaper and reporters and officers then came to search his house and found tons of evidence of the killings. And that's when he was actually convicted. And, um, the judge ordered that he be strangled, cut into pieces, and placed in acid, which is what he had done to all of these children. Oh, my God. But he died from apparent suicide under suspicious circumstances before that happened. I don't even know if it was actually going to happen or not. Whoa. that's Talk about, like, a pathological need for attention. Like, you didn't give me what I think I deserved, and so to retaliate, I'm going to kill all these innocent children. Well, think about... In this Ugh. book world, like the police, we already know the police were overworked, which is why there was all this bounty hunting, bounty hunter work in the first place, right? right? And all of a sudden, people start coming in and being like, I killed someone five years ago. And then there's like a line around the building or like, I double parked. I mean, I don't like everyone's just coming. <laughs> like the first two people, you have to be like, are you kidding me? And like, it's got to feel like such a weird experience to have, like, I don't know. I'm glad that they know it's happening. Like, they, Hideo is kind of telling them what's happening. Like, they know that the contact lenses are doing this, I think, right? Because otherwise, it would be so confusing. I don't know if, I mean... If the government does. That's kind of where I'm confused, too. I I mean, but, like, if the president of the United States knows, it doesn't mean that your local cop is going to know. That's true. But remember at the in the dark world, the, the beta lenses were on sale for, like, millions of dollars because I think people knew that, like... Having the beta lenses was the only way to keep your your freedom, your your mental freedom. Yeah, but I also think the dark world knows more about bad people. That's true. Like, I mean, I think some people definitely have figured it out, but I don't think it's like common knowledge either. Yeah, but and it's so hard to know like who knows and who doesn't. Yeah. Ugh. So, do you want to know what you should do if you want to turn yourself in? I don't think I ever would. But yes, go ahead. <laughs> I was it was kind of funny because I was reading some of these articles about people who were like, I found out there's a warrant for my arrest. Like, oh, what do no. I do so they don't come and arrest me? Okay, yeah, I want to know that. <laughs> so it'll be like for unpaid library fines or something. <laughs> That's what mine would be. <laughs> so the first thing you should do is hire a criminal defense attorney. Shocker. I thought you were going to say hide. <laughs> 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 Just hide and don't come out. <laughs> So that person can obviously, like, help you figure out what to say and how to act and, you know, what to expect and can maybe negotiate a lower bond and things like that. Then this, I thought this was interesting. They said, turn yourself in at the right time. 
What's the right time? So you can turn yourself in whenever you want, but because of you probably aren't going to want to spend too much time in jail, they said be careful of turning yourself in on a Monday or a Friday. So you want to aim for Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday because on Mondays, law enforcement and whatnot is going to be dealing with everything that happened over the weekend. Mm -hmm. There's usually like an accumulation of arrests then. And on Friday, if you can't get in to see a judge before the end of the day, you'll be stuck over the weekend. So self-surrender on a Tuesday. Yeah. So if it's like Thursday night, be like, hide out till Tuesday, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) I'll camp out in front of the police station. Yeah. And you want to turn yourself in earlier in the day, if possible, also to try and avoid spending the night there. Um, You should dress comfortably and bring only what you need. So don't dress up. I guess some people want to dress up to like look you know, presentable or respectable or something. Um, Make sure you have an official photo ID with you. Like, (laughs) okay, bring your driver's license. Like anything else, I guess. Um, You can't bring cash, debit cards, credit cards, et cetera, to post bail if you think you're going to need them. But don't bring uh, pocket knives, tobacco (laughs) products, or nail files because those are not allowed in jail. They also said if you have a medical medical condition that requires specific medication, you should bring that with you. Oh, my goodness. Wear comfortable clothes that won't wrinkle or pose a safety issue. <laughs> that won't wrinkle? Who cares? You're in jail. Law enforcement officers may be forced to remove belts, drawstrings, or shoelaces. So just keep that in mind. Okay, we're loafers. They may... I think, I think that's why they said something that wrinkles, because if they put you in a jumpsuit, they're just going to fold your clothes up in a bag. And, you know, if you want to put them back on when you leave. I think wrinkled clothes are the least the least of my worries if I'm self-surrendering to go to prison. I'm not going to give a shit about my wrinkled clothes. Um, and then the last thing is just to, like, basically remember your Miranda rights and you can exercise your right to remain silent because they even if you're trying to set the record straight, anything that you say could be used against you later on. Yeah, don't speak without a lawyer, right? That's what I always learned from all the crime shows. Don't speak without your lawyer present. That's why step one is really hire that criminal defense attorney. So they're not saying like don't turn yourself in, but they are saying make sure you like kind of have a game plan if you have the time to come up with a game plan. Good to know. I also read about like seven dumb criminals who basically arrested themselves. (laughs) This one guy like called the place... Like the, I forget if it was like a cafe or a gas station or something that he wanted to rob and asked how much money they had in their till before he showed up. And so that's like how they caught him. And this one lady who was stopped at a DUI checkpoint and was too drunk and was being arrested. She was just like, well, my husband's right behind me and he's way more drunk. Oh, no. He's in the next car. Or I don't know, just like some funny (laughs) stuff. There was a a bank robber in Germany who, kind of what you were saying earlier a little bit too, was sending emails to the police like mocking them for not arresting him like being like oh you got the description completely wrong like no I didn't escape by foot I escaped by getaway car and it wasn't even the clues that they were able to catch him with they literally traced his email address and arrested him a few hours later oh my god oh my okay you deserve to be captured in that case yeah right it's just so it's just kind of funny a little bit what um there's one lady who had an ankle bracelet on from when she had earlier been charged with a breaking and entering case and was now on probation and her ankle bracelet helped her be caught for a different breaking and entering case so she like broke and entered with her ankle bracelet on no you can't do that more than once (laughs) yeah or at least take wait till your ankle bracelet comes off yeah so well i actually did some research too about um people who committed crimes around video games Oh, okay. So I, so I researched that, and then I did just, like, a bunch of funny video game stories. 
What makes it a funny video game story? Oh, you'll see. Oh, okay. Um, okay, so I didn't I didn't know this as a thing, but apparently cheating in video games is very common for um like single player games. So you can like give yourself infinite money or like infinite health to Yeah, you didn't know that? No, I don't know anything about video games. <laughs> well, I just remember playing The Sims and there was like some cheat code like rosebud that would give you tons of money. There you go. Okay. Well, I guess the issue, though, is what happens is when you cheat in multiplayer games, which is, like, pretty horrible thing to do because everyone, you know, is supposed to be on a level playing field. Um, yeah. So there was this game called Sudden Attack that's really big in Japan. And in 2014, three teenagers were um, hit with criminal charges because they made $80,000 by selling cheap programs that would have huge advantages in them like your person would be able to see and move through walls or like another one cheat was like you could throw a grenade through the floor through the roof above you and like hit the player directly above you okay i get that like that's not good video game behavior but how is that how is it it was a criminal yeah yeah well he was selling the games to people to cheat so he was selling like fake games but it's just a game is it (laughs) i don't know some people get really crazy about their video games it's still it seems a little extreme to me but okay i mean i guess yeah they also made eighty thousand dollars doing it like that just seems like good businessmen to me (laughs) i respect these young gentlemen this is gonna be like the card counting debate yeah i'm like you know i'm i I guess i have a gray moral code or something i don't know (laughs) if you're not hurting someone so there was also a man um, – oh, okay. So in China, there were 15 people who were also developing cheat games for this one video game. And the people who were arrested were hit with a combined $5.1 million fine. And There must be some user agreement in the video game that you're breaking or something. Yeah, right? I would think so. Okay. But the in order to catch these 15 people who are selling cheat games, the government rounded up 120 suspects. That's how seriously wow. they took it. Yeah. Um, okay. So do people turn on their buyer? I mean, their dealer? Their video game dealer? I don't know how they get caught. I'm sure it's like... It has to be like people who are getting cheated against somehow identifying that person and then tracing it back maybe i guess i don't know if they snitch on the dealer (laughs) i'm just i'm even trying to think like if my friend cheated in it like i guess are these people maybe are playing in some kind of really competitive public way like in this game and stuff yeah it's just like a bunch of randoms playing together like you don't know them i don't well think. then again you'd have to think don't cheat stupid well i mean it's pretty obvious if like all of yeah. a sudden you can just walk through a door <laughs> exactly like i mean same with like if you can get free money don't like all of a sudden make yourself a billionaire like just if you're getting a little low like add an extra 20 in come on guys well okay that's this next story oh. so there was this man who embezzled 4.8 million dollars from his employer and he spent a million of it on game of war Wow. Yeah. So he he also bought luxury cars, a golf club membership, furniture, plastic surgery, sports tickets, and a million dollars on this Game of War app. I was going to say the rest of it makes sense to me, but I can't imagine spending a million dollars ever on a single game. On like virtual. Yeah. No, any of it. 
and they're like soldiers that die immediately when they get killed by your rivals so it's not even like like you just buy stuff to help you gain levels and you know it's not even like a hard a physical thing like it's just all virtual stuff that you're spending actual money on okay is this illegal because i know someone who did this and now i'm worried that i shouldn't say (laughs) too much more but don't say anything (laughs) if hypothetically someone (laughs) played a game and like got to a certain level they trade or sell their user is that illegal oh i have no idea okay i'll ask chad because it's, it's a good question. Because it's not really cheating. It's, well, it is. But it's not really <laughs> honest. Well, I mean, like, it's not like you broke the code of the game, right, but it's yeah. like, it's like you, I mean, like, couldn't you just, like, pass your controller to someone? That wouldn't be cheating, right? Well, so, no, because you're not selling it. But can you, like, change your user credit, like, give someone your password? You know, I don't know. I don't know. It's a good question. Um, there was also a 12-year-old boy who was obsessed with Farmville and spent 625 pounds of his mother's money and 288 pounds of his own money playing Farmville. Before he even started playing. <laughs> I can totally see how that happens. There's so many cute farming outfits. Some, someone can relate to that. Yes, yes. I, I spent all of my money so fast on Farmville. <laughs> but not 625 pounds. That's insane. That's, Yeah. That's a lot. Uh, and how old was the kid you said? Twelve. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so here are just some random stories about video games that I found. Um, some were horrifying, some were hilarious, some were heartwarming. The whole gamut. <laughs> you, you could get them all. <laughs> video games. Who knew they had so many dimensions? <laughs> They're so multifaceted. Okay, so GoldenEye. We all know that game. So whenever the game developers were um, inventing this game... The development team was, it was basically comprised of a bunch of people who had never played video games before. (laughs) Um, And they were really upset about the amount of violence and death in the game. And so they (laughs) tried to change the ending of the game to make 007, to make James Bond visit the hospital ward that contained all of the mangled and bandaged uh, bad guys that he shot during the course of the game. Oh my goodness. So they wanted this very polite ending where he like visited all the people that he shot. That's... And then he was supposed to shake hands with all of them. To do what? Like how would that even... <laughs> I don't know. It's so strange. And it did not make it into the final version. Shocking. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I respect that though. Someone was like, okay, this game, I don't agree with it at all, but... If he apologizes, Let's give it a happy ending. Yeah, as long as it's as long as they're in the hospital and they shake hands, it's all good. Then it's okay that he shot them all. This article it says, <laughs> I like this line. They were like, Bond was to shake hands with each of them as if this whole thing was a cricket match that got out of hand, <laughs> as opposed to a world-ruining terrorist plot. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, this is nuts. So I guess before there was Grand Theft Auto, there was a game called Carmageddon. And I love that name, by the way. Carmen, it's pretty good. Um, the game is horrible, though, because basically you just race around a track with other cars and you run down pedestrians. Ooh. That's, like, the whole point of the game. Terrible. But I, I didn't know this, but I guess there's a reason. So it says there, there was a good reason that pretend violence looked so real, because it actually was real. So I guess in order to make the pedestrians react like normal people, like the digital versions, Uh they hired, the video game developers hired a guy, a local nutcase, this says, 
they hired this guy named Tony. Tony. And they ran him over with a station wagon multiple times. Oh my goodness. Is that so is that he, legal? Well, he volunteered for it. Because that seems way worse than selling someone a hack in a video game to me. A hundred percent, yes. So there, and I accidentally clicked on a video because I was researching this, and I clicked on a video, and it was a video of him getting hit by a car and, like, flipping over the car onto the roof, and they were running him down at 35 miles an hour. How much did he get and paid, then, and what was in this contract? Could he bail at any time? Like, could he be like, that's enough? I'm sure. But eventually, the developers received a visit from the police after worried locals called in saying that there was a man being tortured in a parking lot. <laughs> yeah, no, duh, yeah. So, but I, I mean, want to hear... it was all consensual, apparently, but, like, something had to be wrong with that man. Does that make it okay? Am I... So I'm allowed to run someone over if they are okay with it? No, I mean, I, I disagree with this whole thing, let's be clear. Where did, where did this happen? Where I did have this... no idea. Was it in America? I don't remember where it happened. <laughs> That's a good question. I honestly have no idea. I watched, I saw that I accidentally clicked on the video and immediately tried to stop the video. That's crazy. I know. But now for the heartwarming one. Okay, good. Yeah, um, I, mean, I need some of that. <laughs> this is great. So a man named Bernie Peng knew that his girlfriend's Tammy Lee loved the game Bejeweled. So Bernie was a financial software programmer. He spent a month tweaking the game. So that when his girlfriend reached a certain score, a ring would appear on the screen. So he essentially hacked the video game to propose to his girlfriend. That is great. Isn't that great? How long did it take her to get there, though? What if, like, all of a sudden she got obsessed with a new game? And he was like, no, just keep playing, like, a hundred more points. You can do it. (laughs) Don't get there. Like, ten years later, they're still not married. Because at least for me, I feel like some of those games, it's like I get really into them and then I get really over them quickly. (laughs) Yeah, I know, me too. Except Farmville. (laughs) But um, I guess the game manufacturer heard of the whole thing, and instead of being angry that he hacked their game, they were so impressed that they offered to pay for part of the wedding. That's cute. That's really... Isn't that adorable? I love that. Yeah. I love engagement stories. I was just part of an engagement. Our podcast was part of an engagement. It was? Yes. So... Tell me. um, I'm not aware of this. (laughs) One of my best friend's fiancé asked me to help get her to a location so he could propose basically okay and he wanted pictures but he hadn't hired any he wasn't gonna hire a photographer and I was like oh I've got my nice camera and whatever so I like came up with this whole story about how I needed her help to take podcast pictures (laughs) and like it was supposed to rain and I needed to get her outside to this fountain but I like made up I took us to a different location to take pictures at first so she wouldn't be too suspicious. And then we were like over by there and I was like, maybe we should go to the fountain and try. She like had no idea. We're like walking up and talking about sharp objects, which is a very dark thing to be talking about right before you get engaged. And then. <laughs> but a great TV show. <laughs> yeah. And didn't even like recognize her now fiance there. And anyways, so then he proposed. She said yes. It was very exciting. I took some good pictures. Aww. But then I was like, wait, this actually would be a great place to take some podcast books. <laughs> Not already lugged my camera picture. in the book, so I, I took some. But she was like, you're the only person I know who like would say something weird like that, and I didn't even think it was strange. And I was yeah. like, well, good thing. I've been normal, actually, for the last 10 years of our friendship, but I tricked yeah. you, and I've just been pretending to be weird all to set up for this moment. It's a good cover. Yeah. So now anyone I ask to take podcast pictures, 
Now they're going to know you're up to something. They'll know I'm up to something. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's funny. That was random, but yeah. So we have half a book left in this series. How are you liking it so far? Just general impressions. Well, I'm liking it, but I have a question for you. Okay. Because you like these contained stories, right? Very much. Very much. And now we have someone controlling the minds of 98% of the world's (laughs) population. So she really is trying to save the world again. Yeah. And it's not very contained. It isn't, but, but we haven't left Japan still. So it is kind of still contained. Like, I know there's global okay, but we started, um, consequences. <laughs> we started in, like, New York or something. So we we have gone around the world. Yes, that's true, I suppose. <laughs> I guess what I mean is it's, it's – I like that it's not, like, um, a world order re- the regime that they're trying to overthrow. Well, I guess they kind of <laughs> <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard time. I, it has a different vibe than those. I agree. It's not, like, it's not s- epic. generations yeah. of stuff. Yeah. But, and I like uh, that it's um, future and, like, high tech. Yeah, no, I'm I'm actually, I'm really loving it. Although I'm a little bit worried about it only being half a book and being so quick. Yeah. That I'm going to be left with some questions. I, you know what, though? I have to, I think, it's always better to want more than to want less in a book. Do you think? Like, if you want less, that means you're bored. I'm, not, I'm definitely not bored with this book. I'm not bored either, but I don't like things unresolved. But Marie Lu, I trust her. Yeah. I because... You know, she usually does a good job. So I think it's going to happen, but I am just a little bit worried. Who do you think? I mean, she's already she's already given us some more stuff. So it's not like, even though I was saying earlier we have more questions than anything, like we do know the story about Roshan and Tremaine's relationship now. Yeah. Or like, you know, we know where Hideo's brother is. Mm-hmm. We just don't know all the whys. Yeah. So I think we're going to get our answers, but I think if not, too. I'm going to be disappointed. And who do you think, do you, who do you think um, people are going to end up with? Like if we're doing love interests here. Hideo and Emika, right? You think so? I don't know. I'm kind of thinking she might. Well, no, because I think um, Zero and Jax are an item. Yeah. So, and Hammy and Asher are Hammy an and item Asher. Now. And I think Roshan and Tremaine are going to make amends. I really do. I hope so. I wonder if his near-death experience is going to yeah make people talk about stuff. But I don't know if I can see Emika and Hideo together because I feel like I feel like her goal right now is, like, she wants to get him to stop the contact lens things. She, wa- she wants to break the Neuralink. But I don't know if she'll ever trust him again. Because, I mean, why would you? Like, if you know that the person you're with is capable of that, can you ever bring yourself to love them? I mean, or trust them based again? on some of the other books we've read, <laughs> people can forgive some pretty awful people. We've learned that's true. <laughs> and I think he was well-meaning. And if he, I think if she has to force his hand, they can't be together. But I think if she can convince him and he can, like, change on his own, they have a shot. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably a good point. And there's no other, like, I sort of feel like there's been enough of a romance now that without another love interest, it's like, it would feel unsatisfying if they don't end up together. I don't know. You don't think she's going to end up with Ken? (laughs) I mean, I am kind of curious about Ken. He, he kind of seems to have a crush on her, doesn't he? <laughs> or a weird fascination with her. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. There really isn't another option for her right now. And because... But maybe that's okay. Maybe she doesn't have... Maybe well, she doesn't end up with anyone. I agree. And you don't need a love interest, but I feel like it's... Even just right now, they're still so interested and tied and connected with each yeah. other. It's, and infatuated. Even with how disappointed she is, I feel like she still is very much on team Hideo's side at an emotional level. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. 
At least with an infatuation level. Like, oh, yeah. they both cannot stop thinking of each other. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to find out what happens. And if she hacks into his memories, then they've both betrayed each other, and then maybe you're back on a level playing field and can build trust from there? Maybe? Yeah. Is that maybe, I think they'll just have to, like, share, like, the, you know, they link up and they can do the telepathy thing. Yeah. Maybe they'll just have to, like, live in that state from now on <laughs> to be able to trust each that other. so can exhausting. Oh my, oh, my goodness. That's, like, my worst nightmare. <laughs> uh, okay. So we're going to finish Wild Card for next week. Yep. And we're going to pick a fan name. I have two ideas for fan names so far. I haven't thought about it yet, which is bad. I think we should either be Black Coats or we should be Wild Cards. Ooh, I... Although Wild Cards is the name of the book, so... Yeah, but I do like wild cards more because I don't think black coats are necessarily good guys. <laughs> they definitely don't sound good, but it, it guess depends on whose version of the story you believe. Well, I even if they're doing a good thing in this case, I don't trust. I I still if they've kidnapped kids and even just stealing her, like they're not they're not really good guys either. Okay, so we can be wild cards for now. And they live in the dark net. Yeah. Oh, what I if, if we can... could we be the bounty hunters? Oh, we can do that. Yeah. Or I like something with the dark net, though. Like the dark worlders. <laughs> yeah, I do like the dark net, too. That sounds really bad. <laughs> okay, we'll keep thinking about it. We've okay. got some stuff to work with, but... Um, I think it's my turn to tell you a joke. Wait, before you do that, can I ask one more question about... So of this course. final tournament, we have 10 players from any of the teams, right? Uh, sure. <laughs> or so... Okay, so Hammy... I don't, I don't know. Okay, you know how they keep, like, announcing, like, two names at a time? <laughs> Yeah. I thought they were saying there were 10 players who would compete in, like, a final tournament, kind of like the opening ceremony where they had, like, random teams. Oh, 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 yeah, because that's the, the one that Emika hacked into at the beginning of Warcraft. Yeah. So, I, yeah. so Hammy's in it. Mm-hmm. Emika's in it. Mm-hmm. Is Asher in it? I forget if his name was called. I'm sure he is. I don't remember his name being called, though. Well, let's look it up. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's see. I'm going to find these names. Because we just saw... I think it was only 10 people, right? Because they're teams of five. Was it in the last chapter? Yep. So we have Oliver Anderson of Australia from the Cloud Knights and Carla Castillo of Costa Rica from the Storm Chasers. Those are not people we know. We have Abina Leah of Kenya for the Titans and Trey Kaleo of the USA for the Winter Dragons. Don't know those people. Evo Erickson of Sweden, Andrum- Andromeda, and Emika Chen of USA, Phoenix Riders. So there's Emika. I'm not seeing these anywhere. Shahira Bulas of Turkey, Andromeda, and Roshan Amadi of UK. Andromeda? Oh, uh, yeah, Andromeda. And um, Roshan from the Phoenix Riders. Okay, so he's there mm-hmm. too. But I don't think... I'm kind of sad if Asher's not picked because I don't think he was. Oh, yeah, me too. And I'm sort of sad if his whole team is picked and he was the captain and isn't picked. Yeah, no, he has to be there. Oh, I found them finally. (laughs) (laughs) Hamilton Jimenez of the USA, so that's Hammy, and Park Jimin of South Korea from the Bloodhounds. So, yeah, I don't Mm. think he's in there. And it makes me, I'm bummed. I want more of his story. I know, we, we really don't get enough of Asher. Or Hammy, really. Or DJ Red. Wait, what happened to DJ Red? Oh, yeah. I don't really care about him, but I know you did. <laughs> I'm just confused because he was, like, so big, and now he's gone. Yeah. He's in jail. <laughs> <laughs> no he big deal. He self-surrendered. <laughs> he turned himself in. 
He was a black coat, wasn't he? So I don't know. I just I, I still just, have questions about what he knew and what he didn't know. I know. Like I want to know how big of a role he played, and he wasn't in the second half hardly at all. He wasn't in it at all. Like literally, wasn't in it at all. How funny was it when everyone was like confessing to like crimes they did, and Asher's just like anybody else want to tell me what <laughs> yeah. you used to do? what you've been doing illegally in the dark world? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, because it was um, was it Jesse who was the um. The illegal drone racer? Yes. Yeah. Which I liked their character because they're gender neutral, which we've never had a... we've ne- I've never read a book with a gender neutral character yeah. before. No, that was good. So I thought that was a good... That was a cool inclusion. I hope I hope they appear more in the second half. Because also just like learning about this dark world and all the illegal things you're allowed to do in it. Like it, the list just keeps growing and they keep getting more and more interesting. So I want to spend some more time down here. Well, it's also kind of interesting to think that this dark world is only possible because of Hideo's creation, which he created to prevent people from doing bad things. Like, it's just kind of funny that it allowed for this whole platform of, like, criminal activity, which was, yeah, like, literally the motivation for him to create it. I don't know. It's just kind of funny. And it's weird that, like, the um, the dark world is so empty now because the people who who had Hideo's contact lenses are now no longer able to access the dark world. And so when she goes there the first time after the whole thing was triggered, the whole Neuralink was triggered, she was like, where is everyone? They're all gone. So that's kind of crazy. Yes, but also there's still enough people that, like, it's kind of crazy to think 98%. That was the number they were saying this time, right? 98% of the people. Mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of crazy to think of how much can still go on with only two percent of the population with free will basically yeah i mean two percent of the population is still quite a few number of yep. people quite a few people um okay joke time joke time you're gonna love this one because it's a math joke Ooh, i'm so excited <laughs> okay six was scared of seven because seven ate nine but why did seven eat nine i don't know because you're supposed to eat three squared meals a day. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> even I got that one. <laughs> that is so dumb and I love it. Uh, okay. Um, thanks for listening, everyone. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at mnktalkya at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook or Instagram at mnktalkya. And tell us, tell us what you think of the book. And eat your three squared meals a day. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, bookworms and math nerds. <laughs> Go get a library card. M&K Talk YA is produced and edited by Marissa Snyder and Katie Bradford. Original music composition by Timothy Milkey. Logo design by Marissa Snyder. For updates and extras, visit mnktalkya.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And if you haven't already, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. We would like to thank James Tobias, Chad Snyder, Meredith Kelfie, and Michael Howard for all of their support. Thanks for listening, and see you next time.